right, another week, another podcast, week 40. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. I never thought that I would say that. Oh, wow. Like, I don't think I ever wrap my brain around that it would be this many in a year because we started in February, right? Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so it's very exciting. So we will actually do one more for this uh, year. So we'll get to 41, and then we're going to take a um, sabbatical <laughs> from podcasting and then come back in January. Um, but we're really excited and we've got some things that we're going to sit and talk about and look in for next year, some guests and different stuff and getting some new podcast machinery so we can have three people on very easily without Kat right <laughs> next to me so she can talk into my it's mic. Tragic. We've had to do it before. I know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Um, next week, what I'm actually going to talk about is your word for 2023. I, for the past several years, I've always... Um, so I'll give you a heads up that way next week. You're not like, Oh, I haven't done that yet. Um, I'll start praying in December for my word for next year. And God gave it to me yesterday and I'm really excited about it. And it, you know, I, it's so funny. I would love to say it was so spiritual how he gave it to me, but it really wasn't. And that is what's so great about it. Cause it's usually for me, it's never been like a super spiritual word. I get like one year it was begin, you know, it's, it's usually something that just really speaks to me. And so we're going to talk about that next week, but we're just praying that Kat gets her word yes, by then too. We are because she doesn't have it yet. Yeah. But that's okay. If you yeah, don't, I mean, yeah. you can still share how you've gotten them before and what that looks like. Um, but I kind of, I want to hit on Christmas a little bit cause you know, we're in that season. Season. And when I was praying the other day, um, I, I I love it because a lot of times Holy Spirit will give me these titles. And so today it's don't dismiss the mess. And, you know, something that I've noticed a lot this year is a lot of people have been in a lot of messy situations mm-hmm. and a lot of mess and a lot of pain and different things like that. And I just want to come from a different perspective. And I actually want to start off by reading a quote by David, <laughs> Paul Tripp, Paul yeah. David Tripp. Sorry. I just I did. Like, his, Wait, yeah. I just did his name <laughs> backwards. David? It's cool. All right. <laughs> Who's David? Is this a new guy? I know. Um, so Paul David Tripp says this, it is a miracle of divine grace that a perfectly holy God would make a way for unholy people to be brought into relationship with him. Hmm. And I love that. And we know that's why Jesus was born. And really our whole salvation story starts with the birth. It doesn't, you know, a lot of times we go straight to the cross, but there was so much in between. There were 33 years um, of a lot of stuff that took place before the cross. And I think we sometimes negate that and just go straight to the cross. And then we get frustrated in life when we are living life and we are going through things and they're messy, you know, and it was kind of interesting because this really hit me. We were um, recording. Our church does a thing that because, you know, um, Christmas is on Sunday. So we want people to stay with their families and we're not like you must come to the building um, because Christmas Eve service, we're going to have everybody here and do a candlelight service. But um, me and my husband were sharing and doing our church at home video. And he was talking about in Luke, I think it's two seven where, you know, and you see it in the movie. So listen, if you've got some, you know, degree and you know more than I do, that's totally fine. But in the movies, they, you know, hey, let us in. No, we don't have any room. We don't have any room. Like, you know, there was like nine hotels. I don't know if that's right or wrong, you know. Um, but we see that they said they had no room. Um, and they put them in um, a room, which if you do study, it does look like it's still connected to the house. It was just the lower part of the house where the animals were at. 
And I started to really think where a lot of people may be turning them away because of the mess they thought it would make in their home. Mm. You know, a lot of times we make decisions to have people come to our house or not, depending on do I want to clean my house? Do I want to deal with the mess? Um, And do I want to deal with the mess after people come? And we kind of make a decision based on that. We don't go, man, what would happen with having people over? And what, man, this would be a great time. And relationship building, a lot of times we just focus on the mess that it would entake and we'll say yes yes or no to something. And I think in our lives, are we missing out on moments or on miracles because we don't want to deal with the mess? And I kind of just want to challenge you with that today, because what if your miracle is going to require you to accommodate a mess? And I think to myself, you know, are there people that are up in heaven and like, man, they knocked on our door. Like we could have let them in. That stinks. Like it wasn't our house and not that the person's house, we don't even know who it is. But I mean, I would be like, man, I can't believe I, you know, look at it, but Jesus said on the right hand, be like, dang it. Because they're just moments that you wish you would have, you know, done something differently. I remember my uncle sharing a story with me one time and he's like this guy. And this was back when I was like, 15 years old. This is a long time ago. I come up to him. He's like, man, I got this idea for this store where people can come and we would have tons of videos and they would rent them, but we would have a bunch of them. So, you know, family nights or different nights. And he was like, man, I just don't know. And my uncle didn't want to invest in it. The guy started Blockbuster. Oh no! Now maybe you're too young to know what Blockbuster is, but oh, Blockbuster is where we went it. every Friday night yes. when I was a kid. And you just hoped that they, they had, had your the- DVD. DVD, DVD that, you, that you wanted and you better make sure you rewound it or you're were charged a dollar and your parents came and got a dollar from you. So well, we had I'm, the DVDs back then. So it was like you had two DVDs and then they so started done. mailing in your DVDs. Then Netflix was born and they were the ones that were mailing in your I DVDs. I remember thinking Netflix was the stupidest. Right? I was like, why in the world would I wait for something in the mail when I can go to the store and get it immediately? But I also thought texting was stupid. Texting was <laughs> stupid because I was like, if I need to say, hey, how are you doing? I'm going to call the person. Yeah. Yeah, I well, thought your iPhone was stupid. I was like, my razor is so much better. Like, I don't understand how her web browser works. What the heck is Safari? Like, it's so funny. Thank oh you my back gosh! Oh, it's just it's it's hilarious because I think sometimes we think of all the inconveniences and we don't really even take time to see what could come of something. And you know, it, it's interesting to me because I started thinking. Um, just stories in the Bible that required a mess in order to see the miracle. And I went back, you know, in Mark 2, 4, we see a group of men open up an entire roof and lower this man down in the middle of a meeting. Um, and these roofs back then, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, they didn't have, I mean, no matter what they would have had tool wise or not, I mean, this is going to cause a mess, you know, with clay and all kinds of stuff. And I just think about the mess that, went on in order to do that. Or I even think in, um, Mark five 24, when it talks about the woman with the issue of blood, you know, and you know, sorry, men, but they didn't have tampons back then. So, I mean, this woman was bleeding profusely and it was like, she didn't care about the mess she was going to make crawling through the crowd to get to Jesus or the mess that people would see was happening to her and her body. It was, I've got to get to my miracle. And I think, I think so many times we we stop before we get to experience a miracle. We stop before we get to really experience um, 
Yeah, say it. Yeah, because I was thinking about like the crowd is an inconvenience that you oh. that you're like that's an obstacle, so that's a sign that I should just you know stay where I'm at. I can't get past it. But I remember you actually preached about it one time, and you had your band members stand up on the stage, and you crawled and you pushed past them. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a good illustration because she really had to work to get to her miracle. She really not working in her own effort, but yeah. working of like I'm gonna get to this place where I know I'll receive this. Yeah. And so it's just really I, I think a lot of times we look at the people standing in our way and being like, this is an impossibility. I'm not going to move at all. Instead of being like, is this, is this a moment for me to push past this and and move forward to get my miracle? Is there, is there something I should be, should be doing, should be like focusing on, should be praying. Or, I I mean, that's the thing is like, we never know unless we ask God, like in this moment, what should I be doing? Should I be resting? Should I be moving? Should I be pushing past it? But a lot of times we just see inconveniences and we're like, Oh no, I'm just not going to do anything about it. Yeah. And I think, it's like it in that moment for her it was a mess worth making because it was like where it was gonna what what the outcome was gonna be she's gone through of like all the doctors that she's been she's like i'm literally at my last like this is this is it like i have nowhere else to go i have nothing else to do and that desperation of like i know this man heals people yeah i'm going to like push my way past to get to him yeah and i even want to challenge people because i think when we say the word miracle in your mind you could be thinking well i'm not looking for and and like healing yeah yeah or or oh it's not that it's not this and and let me say this the miracle of the birth of Christ in that moment was just a birth of a baby. Yeah. People didn't understand that it was actual miracle. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And a lot of times there are things that seem ordinary that are going to produce miracles later on. Yeah. And there are ordinary things that are going to take place that sometimes we don't step back and say, wow, this is actually the hand of God, which that is a miracle. It's when the hand of God steps in and begins to do something on your behalf. And I think even if that's healing emotional trauma, that's a miracle. Even if it's pressing in and saying, okay, I, I want to, I want to walk in forgiveness in this area, that's a miracle. But I think sometimes we're not willing to go through the mess. And we talked about this, I think last week or the week before. And it was like, there's so many people that I, I, uh, okay, so I'm going to tell a funny, uh, like a funny illustration, because this is the best way I can explain it because of how we live life. So there were, uh, there were these two boys and it was Christmas morning and one of the boys woke up and there were presents from the bottom to the top of his ceiling. And he came out and didn't even look happy. The other boy, um, there was crap in his room, like poop filled from the top to the bottom. And he just had this huge smile on his face. Well, all of a sudden the parents look at the one boy who, I mean, his room's full of presents and they said, what's going on? And he was like, it's probably not anything I really want. (laughs) The other little boy takes off and starts digging through the poop. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, with this much crap, there's gotta be a horse in here somewhere. (laughs) And I say that to say that sometimes I'll notice if like just crap keeps happening. I'm like, man, I am so getting ready to be blessed by God. Like something's getting ready to break through. Something's getting ready to take place because, you know, I I think I've said it before that the, the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I did say this, the enemy, um, or maybe it was at church and home. I don't know. (laughs) So, but I'm going to say this, the enemy 
doesn't know signs, but he notices movement. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you listen to when, I mean, when you think about the Christmas story and you think about the wise men, you know, understand that because of their movement, it started, Herod started going, Hey, something's going on here. He didn't mm-hmm. notice anything with the stars because he didn't understand signs. And what am I saying? The enemy doesn't know exactly what God has planned for you. He doesn't have a right to know those things, but he does notice when heaven starts moving. Yeah. He is well aware. I mean, he lived in heaven. He lived, he, he, he was an angelic being at some point. Yeah. So he understands how God operates. Yeah. He was there long enough to understand, oh, this is what he does. This is his characteristic, his, you know, how, how he defines things, how he moves, how he acts. Yeah. So in the midst of that, the enemy is very aware when stuff begins to shift and he's thinking, oh my gosh, something's getting ready to take place. And I think a lot of times, you know, I, I, years and years and years ago, I had prayed over a girl that had dealt with a lot of stomach issues. And I mean, she would throw up all the time and there was like a hole in her esophagus. And I remember one night praying for her and I really felt like the Lord told me to tell her, okay, so I, I I told her, I said, you were healed instantly, but there's going to be the next seven days. And this was so specific. I knew it was God because I never told anybody else ever this. I was like, for the next seven days, you're going to have to walk out things. And there will be symptoms that try to make you think that you are still sick. But these are just symptoms like... For instance, how she would feel when she would eat food was a lot of times she would deal with a lot of indigestion, a lot of different stuff. Well, I mean, anybody can feel that. Mm -hmm. And so I said, what's going to happen is you might start to eat freely because you're healed, but the enemy's going to try to convince you through symptoms that the sickness is still there. So... I remember the first couple days wasn't feeling anything. Then like third or fourth day, she had eaten something. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to have that feeling like I'm going to throw up. And I said, okay, we're going to start praying. We know that your body is healed. We know. And we just began to stand on what we knew and what we felt and what I felt God had spoken to us. And we are, what I was, so we are 24 years later and she's never had an issue since then. Totally healed. I had x-rays. The doctor was like, I don't really believe in God, but this had to have been a miracle because holes in stomachs don't just heal themselves. And so, you know, and I look at the mess that she went through, but I also look at the other side of this mess and I look at a doctor who didn't believe in a God. I don't know what's happened with this man, but I know that he had to be confronted with the fact that God is real. And I... I think sometimes some of the things that we walk through in life, it's not just about us. Yeah, yeah. It's not just our story. Yeah. We are living a story that is a breathing, um, at times, revelation for other people, the goodness of God. And a lot of times we don't take time to share the mess so that when we share the miracle, people see, oh, wow, God is who he says he is. Yeah, well, I even think about me and like the 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 moments where I would have struggles with being single, talking to you about it. It's like, well, Alicia's been there. She didn't get married till she was 29, which I'm about to hit 30 next year. We, so then I can't relate to you anymore. But for right now, I can relate to you. 
I didn't meet Brian till March of my 29th year, so you are okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so close. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, either way, it doesn't matter. I don't put a time constraint on myself. I, did, I took that off a long time Say ago. Say that again. I didn't put a time constraint on myself. Yeah, because you can't no. put a time frame on when God yeah. comes through and how it happens. Yeah, and so like why? I don't know why I'm pointing. I, I wish y'all could see like, me. I'm like, she's pointing, like pointing very, like, very intensely <laughs> in the room. <laughs> but because of what you walked through, it helped me walk through stuff. And then I've shared other stuff to other single girls and they're like, that's so helpful. So it, it's amazing. Like what we go through, we can look at it as such like a horrible time or we hate this and we hate every moment of it. But it's like, what is God trying to do in this moment here? And then how can you help other people through it? But um, I like what you said about that because it's like, you have to see different perspective and you have to kind of take yourself out of the, what you're facing right now and be like, how can I see this in a different light? How can I spin this in a way where it's not just like God's over here being like, huh, she can suffer all she wants. I'm not doing anything for her. It's not a suffering. Right? I know. He's actually probably <sighs> protecting us from people that we should not be with. He also understands timing and understands like there's yes. so much more to it. Like I think of it as an author. I wrote my characters to meet each other at a specific time and place because that's how the story needed to go. Yep. If one character met them at the wrong time, everything would have been. Oh, the whole thing would have been. It would have been a crappy yep. book. So yep. it's like as an author, you think about there's so many intricate things where this person meets that person and this unfolds. God is the author of our story. He understands when things need to happen. So for us, we'd be like, you know what? I'm not the one who's writing the story. I don't have to understand everything. And I love that about God. It's like I read this quote in this book by Thomas Merton and he said, so I, I'm going to botch it and I have to get the quote because it was so good. <laughs> but he's pretty much was like, when I understand God, like I understand nothing. Like there's no way that I can understand God fully because he's God. We're not supposed to understand yeah, him. Yeah. And it's like being okay with being in that darkness. Um, and the other day I was actually driving in my car and my, my, it was like iTunes took over Spotify. And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, I did not invite you to the party. <laughs> Spotify is my go-to, but for whatever reason, I, uh, I, uh, what is it? I'm iTunes. music, music. Is it called music now? Yeah. It's just music. It's not even iTunes anymore. It's, see, they're stupid. They changed their name. Spotify has just been consistent all my life. You're music done. was like taking it over. And I was like, I didn't ask you to do this. So it just started playing random music. But it started playing that song from Hillsong, Seasons. And I was like, oh, I love this song. It's been forever. And then I started like weeping. And wow. like the whole, I remember Tina had explained the, the song to me because I was like, yo, it's pretty. <laughs> and she was like, do you not understand what it's saying? So the first verse says, like the frost on a rose, winter comes for us all. How nature acquaints us with the nature of patience. Like a seed in the snow, I've been buried to grow for your loyal for your promises loyal from seed to sequoia and she was talking about a sequoia a sequoia is like the i know i'm saying it funny you don't have to laugh at me sorry um <laughs> the seed is like planted and it's like it's planted i think in the snow so it's like cold it's like but that's how it flourishes and how it's growing i mean she told me this so if we're wrong then you gotta blame tina but then on the bridge is my favorite part it says for all i know of seasons is that it take is that you take your time you could have saved us in a second. Instead, instead, you sent a child. And I love that because yeah. it's like a lot of times we want things instant, all stuff like that. God could have just, mad, you know, did a yep. little magic wand and been like, "Your the humanity is saved. But he sent a child to grow up, to have these human emotions so that we can look at him and be like, 
He went through every human emotion that is possible. He lived life as a human being in, in the world. And so like, we look at Jesus as an example of if he can go through this stuff, then I can go through it. And if we didn't have that, we'd been like, God, you, this is too hard. Like being a human being is difficult. And he would have been like, well, you know, it's fine. But it's like, he sent Jesus to be like, you can do it. Like if Jesus did it, you can do it. He did not have any special angelic thing happening to him. He was a human being on this earth. So I just love that because it's like, we, we sometimes just want things to happen immediately. And that's not how God works. He takes his time. He sent a child instead of just being like, Beep, which is so powerful. And Hebrews 12, two says he's the author and finisher of our faith. And I didn't this. So after reading your book <laughs> is when this scripture careful. came very powerful to me, because as an author, you had to, I remember talking to you after I finished the yeah. book to understand how you got to, to the finish. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what was so powerful about it was I realized there were so so many intricate details that you had to do as the author to get to the finished place. Yeah. And I'm realizing, and it was in the midst of that, that I thought, that's it. That Okay, because you made such a good point, so I'm going to kind of go in a circle. So you said Jesus went through all human emotions and all this stuff. But what frustrates most people and has frustrated me, where is that stuff? Okay, because in the Bible, you don't see, oh, Jesus was having um, issues with feeling insecure this day, and this is what happened. This and, and so I've wrestled with that. Yeah. And it was like, God began to just share with me, but that was his story for him to walk through. And if, and if we saw it all, we would think that's how it needed to be for us. And he wants to be the author of how our story finishes. Yeah. And I can't model my story after, if, if Jesus, if all that was in there, I would be like, oh, when I'm insecure, I should do this and this and this. That takes away the intimacy with me, with the author. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. I would think, oh, it, it, then it becomes formulated. Yeah. Okay, so when Jesus went insecure, he prayed this, God came in. No, how he dealt with it, how he walked through it. I mean, we know in the wilderness where he was at. We know after 40 days he had to been completely depleted because that's finally when the enemies, I think in my mind, was like, okay, after you've been weak, I'm coming at you now. We see at the end, it says the angels came to minister to him. He That took so much out of him that they had to come after this whole battle scene with the enemy because who knows, was Jesus like, man, I, I could have been done with all of this had I just accepted what he asked, you know what I mean, to yeah. save the world. And so when I really think about it, when he's the author of my story, I don't get to see how it ends until I walk it through. And it was the same thing. I didn't come to you to ask you. I had to go through all the details to get to the finished product. I will never tell anyone that. No, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, it, and it wouldn't have been as, as amazing a, yeah. if I had known. Yeah. Like, you get what I'm saying? Right. I had to go through all the emotions to get there. I had to go through all the speculation to get there. And what I'm saying is, is there are going to be messy places that we have to walk through and we have to go through. But when I can remind myself, wait a second, Hebrews 12, 2, he is the author and finisher of my faith. What does that mean? 
mean the areas. Okay, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. I have to live a life of faith. Being a Christian means I live my life by faith. He finishes my faith. That means I don't have to. I I don't have to muster up so much faith to make things happen. It is I just have to have some. He finishes the rest. Yeah. If I have faith at all that He's a good God, He'll finish the rest yeah. of the mess that I'm in. Yeah. He will finish the rest to bring the miracle. I just have to get there. Yeah. It's the one with the issue of blood. She just had to get there. It was a man through the roof. He had just had to get there. It was the man at the gate of beautiful. He just had to be there so many times. And he was consistent. He was there all the time, every time. And how many times do we know that they walked by that gate and never said anything to him? But that day was a day yeah. that something had shifted in both parties. And and a lot of times I don't, I, I think we're in a place that we're waiting for something but what if my miracle's on the other end of somebody else's miracle? And it's like a domino effect. Yeah. Let's say that I feel like I'm supposed to bless somebody, but I take a week or two to listen. But then once I do it, then they're told to bless somebody. So somebody who's been waiting for a month to see something come through, well, God has to work with humans. And we sometimes don't obey immediately. We and he suck. <laughs> Yes, and he has to work with that within time restraints. In heaven, it's now. Here, there is time, and it moves at a certain amount. And so he's dealing with that. So it's like I've shared before with, you know, I really thought I was going to have another baby through my belly like that. Well, you don't have the baby through the belly, but you grow the baby through the belly. You get what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? And so I thought I was going to, I was going to um, bear another child, I guess is what go. you would say. Birth and bear another child. I, I can't know, even I talk today. I so sorry. I have school. so much coffee running through my veins. Um, that I was going to birth another child. And for three years, I just stood and believed and believed and believed. Well, I don't look back at that time and go, oh gosh, I can't believe you let me do that, God. I understand that what I was doing was every time I was praying for that child, I was really praying for Anaya. I thought it was going to come a different way, but God couldn't come down and say, Hey, just so you know, um, you're going to adopt because the moment he would have said adopt, I would have found the agency immediately and had a baby. I mean, as you can tell, we, I mean, our baby, it was like a two and a half month thing, but it wouldn't have been Anaya. And so I look and realize that there are certain things that we don't know ahead of time, yeah. but we have to trust the process. We have to trust and we have to go, okay, this might look messy. And I'm not going to turn away something in a moment that might seem messy that in, in hindsight or later on could end up being a part of my miracle. Yeah. That's so good. I don't know. That's just something that I've just been really processing since we did the church at home, because I, I just think so many times we don't get to our miracle because it it just, it's going to look messy and we don't want, we don't want to do messy. And but honestly, it, I, I think we're a mess. I mean, you know what I mean? I go back to that song that Stephanie Gretz singer, I'm a mess, I'm a mess, I'm a mess right now. So just pick me up, God. And she's saying that over and over again. It was the first thing I'd ever saw her sing. It was just a moment that she was just, you know, singing prophetically. And I remember um, there was somebody, there was a, a pastor in our life at that time. And he was like, man, I can't stand that song. And I thought, What's wrong with you? What do you mean you can't stand that song? I mean, we are a mess. Like, you know what I mean? And sometimes we have to admit that I'm a mess without God. I need him to pick me up. I need him to turn things around for me. And I think sometimes being raw and real and just being in the moment and saying, God, man, this might look messy, but I'm willing to walk through it. This might be more difficult than I had planned. And 
I feel like a lot of things that I've walked through in life, like, you know, we, we didn't step into pastoring by having a baton handed to us. We stepped into pastoring due to a moral failure that happened. Like there's a lot of things that took place in our life and it was messy. Mm -hmm. There was a messy situation to walk, but we just said, okay, God, we're going to hold your hand through this. You know what I mean? And, and there is a Hillsong song that says faith makes a fool of what makes sense. And I love that because when you are walking in faith, a lot of times you can feel foolish and to some, you might look foolish, but I think Mary looked very foolish, but you know what? We look at her now and we think, man, what a woman of God, man. She said, but be unto you, God. I am your servant. What you want, I will do. And we, we, we look at her and just go, wow. But in the moment when that was happening, there was no one was saying, wow. I mean, if my daughter came to me and she (laughs) was engaged at, I mean, they would say she was what around 14, 15 15, and was like, just so you know, the Holy Spirit visited my room. Cause let's be real. This had never happened before. It wasn't like she could reference the Bible and say, Hey mom and dad, you know, God does these things. There was no reference. (laughs) So she's coming to them. That would be like me getting up on a Sunday morning and saying, this is God sets up and, and not be able to reference anywhere where God had ever done this before. Before, yeah. And expecting people to trust me, expecting people to listen to me. Yeah. And she's showing up and saying, I know you've never heard of this before, um, but hey, listen, I'm I'm pregnant, but the Holy Spirit did it. I mean, I'm just telling right. you right now. Like, she, uh, the thing is, like, I remember someone <laughs> saying the other day, they're like, the whole song, Mary, did you know? It was such a stupid song. Because, yeah, she knew. She knew what was inside of her. <laughs> like, God came to her and was like, I'm putting this man inside. That and is like, so true. Did you know this baby boy? What, you know, One day, the, yes. Walk on water. She might yes. not know she, specifics. No, she didn't know that she part. Knew. Like, yeah, he's going to save the world, yes. but God bless. <laughs> I know, but I think it, I just, I, I just think to myself that because we know the story and we sit with such certainty because we've read about it, but we have to remember she sat in a mess with an engagement mess, a family mess, and then even trying to get just the world was in a mess. It was like, oh, you have to come here and do this since it was all just messy. Yeah. And yet from it birthed this beautiful miracle. And so if there's anything I can say, I'm encouraging you, whatever you're sitting in, whatever you're still dealing with, maybe it's a mess in your brain and your emotions, all this stuff. I promise you on the other side of it, there is a miracle that God is there. He is with you. He wants to help you walk through it. But Be okay to sit in the mess so that you can make it to your miracle. So good. Well, hey, don't forget, your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.